and the rest of the, the, the figures all jump up and they run to the edge of this rock outcropping and you all see a ship land, another thopter land, uh, very near to the base of this outcropping. And it is it is our not reinforcements? Hard... reinforcements? Uh, no, it is not hard mm. to see the Harkonnen flag. Oh boy. So we will move into a new scene. The Harkonnen soldiers are piling out of this thopter and they are rushing up the path to, well, I'll, I'll say it splits into two groups. Uh, the majority of them uh, rush to the base of this rocky outcropping and try to run up the path towards you, that longer route. A couple of them stand at the base of the cliff and don't do anything. And tactically, you think this is maybe to cut off anybody that might be coming out of a secret entrance or uh, if someone jumps out of that uh, cave opening or tries to get to the thopter. But the majority of this group of armed soldiers is rushing up the cliff towards you. So, hey, what do you want to do? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, you know, any chance to take out some Harkonnen is a good chance. Um, who amongst us would be the most battle-tested? Callie has, like, already got her knife out, and she has a very large smile. Yeah. I, I will draw my knife and then stand behind Talia. <laughs> I'm right behind you. Sweet. How big are they? Oh, absolutely. Not not a boulder, but not a pebble. It's the right size in between. <laughs> yeah. 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 Nice. <laughs> when they come around the corner, hit They're them with the rock. It's just throwing and them. Trying to uh, drop a few rocks on these guys that are coming up the Oh, nice. I like that. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to say that this is kind of uh, using the environment to try to eliminate some of these foes early. So this is kind of creating an asset or a trait that we could use. Um, let's have a role for how you would kind of set that up tactically to make sure it functions the way you are Excellent. thinking it so does. that's like understanding, right? A little bit of deductive reasoning, maybe? Sure. Yeah, it feels uh, good to me. Also, my justice. I love my statement next to justice. It says, justice isn't always fair. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. So. All right, so here we go. So that's a six and an eight. That's a 14 to, to beat. A 10 and a three. Hot dog. Nice. So the three is going to be below the focus. So that's two successes. And the ten's an yep. additional one. So three successes. Yeah. So you, you got three successes. I that was again a difficulty two. So you got one extra momentum in the pool. You are able to set this up. You toss down a couple and uh you're able to successfully knock out. Uh, three of the soldiers running up the hill towards you. Um, you also have it set up so that it's kind of primed to trigger a little bit of a, a sandslide or a rock fall if you need it to for whatever reason. 
Uh, but the rest of them are getting up to the top of this cliff face for combat. Initiative combat here in these kind of systems is uh, kind of popcorn-y. We don't really roll initiative or anything. One side goes and then the other side goes. I will let this side go first. So one of you may choose to go first. You can also do something called holding, I believe, what's it called? Man, I'm doing such a bad job. You're tonight. fine. Um, oh, you're after, you take, <laughs> after you take your turn, it would go to the other side. Uh, you can spend two momentum to keep the initiative and let someone else on your side go, but then the other side has to go. So you can't just keep keeping the initiative if you had that much momentum to spend. You can basically do it once. You get two turns, and then they get to go. And it just bounces back and forth. Um, since you saw them coming, since you had the smugglers and their warning bells, you as a as a side can go first. So one of you can pick to go. You could just declare that the smugglers attack first. Because they're kind of on your side now. It's really whatever you want to do. How much momentum do we have? Just the one still? Uh, there's th three in the oh, pool. Three. Okay. I'll go if you guys don't mind. If we were sitting at a table, I'd probably have poker chips in the middle of the table to show you. Since I was kind of on point, uh, as the first one comes up over the edge, I'm going to, I'll I'll go first. Cool. And I'm going to, I'm going to use one of my talents. So I'm going to use the slow blade. When you make an attack during a duel or a skirmish, which this is, using a melee weapon, mm -hmm. and you okay, and you buy one or more dice by spending momentum. So I'm going to buy a d20 with momentum. Okay. Uh, you may choose one of the enemy's assets in the same zone as your attack. You can ignore that asset during your attack. So can you help explain what that means a little bit for you know people who aren't uh, well-versed in the rules, Caleb? Like any of us are well versed. Caleb, so you the look good, look good. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank, thank you. Moment, Don't screw this up. Time to shine. <laughs> so the, so the assets are essentially gear. In a longer game, assets can be tangible gear, like your knife, your ship, okay. your shield. A, a non-tangible asset could be blackmail material, a contact, that kind of thing. So. In this particular case, the soldiers are rushing towards you. You can choose to ignore their personal shields. All right. Then that is what I'm going to do on this first attack. Mm -hmm. As he comes up, I dart in like I'm going to do a hard slash. And at the very last moment, the blade slows to a crawl to pierce his shield. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to use battle. I have a focus in dirty fighting. So while the blade, uh, well, uh, looks like I'm going for like a chest, I'm actually going to swap an undercut yep. into a very sensitive place. And this is going to be power, uh, and which I also have a statement. Power comes at a knife's edge. That's just so fitting. Very fitting. So uh, what do the focuses give me again? So the focus means when you roll any number under the skill okay. gives you two successes instead of just one. Okay. So I have any, okay, got it. So my total is, my total is a 15. I have an eight and a seven. Right. So if I roll any eight, anything under eight or seven, they'll count as two successes. Yes. Okay. Got it. We shall see. Hey, that's, that's, that's a pretty good roll there. Uh, I got a four and a six and a 15. So I got 
three successes base four five successes because of my two my statement and my focus right yeah snap let's let's say yes i feel like that's right so in this particular case for our listeners when a player character is targeting an npc like this i am rolling the npc's skill and or a test for them technically and then that number of successes is the difficulty the players have to beat for that attack uh, it's kind of like an opposed role, but not quite an opposed role if we get down to the nitty gritty of it. So in this case, uh, they only had one and you have five. Mm-hmm. That's like four better. That's four better. You're and, right. Uh, we're good Michael, at math sometimes. Go. Who's the mintet now? <laughs> <laughs> you can count real good up to four. All right. So this Harkonnen just drops uh, perfect blow. They are bleeding out. They are completely eliminated. And you have opened up a wonderful, you've created a wonderful opening for the rest of battle. If your side would like, you can spend two of those momentum to keep the initiative and attack again, or it would go to the Harkonnens for their turn. Now, did I do with those extra successes? Did I gain any momentum? Yes. Okay. So how much momentum yeah, did I gain so the, then? So you gained four. Okay. Oof. Okay. So we're at seven, but you could spend two right now. Well, we were at, we were at three. I spent one. Right. So we should be at right. six. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, we're at yes. six. Okay. We're at yep. six. Yeah. So I think uh, with Talia having gone in for a slash to the chest and then in turn, like flipping the knife in her hand and then coming up with it uh, to just eviscerate him in a very unfriendly place. She like the back of a vault of a vault second? Uh more of a more of <laughs> a genital location. Oh uh she then kicks the, the screaming uh the screaming Harkonnen over the edge, sending him bowling through some of his friends. And yeah, I'm gonna spend two of those for momentum that I picked up and let our team go again. Oh and we get okay. a Wilhelm scream. Ah! What Anna would like to know is, do I, with my passive scrutiny, see the individual who might be the leader of this Harkonnen group coming in here? Yes. Okay. I would like to slowly, very cautiously, like I'm just out for a stroll, start making my way down towards that person <gasps> in a roundabout way so that they, they do not see me coming. So, uh, based on Talia's actions, mm-hmm. you have an excellent opening. Okay. So what uh, her her quick, brutal strike, plus kind of throwing the body <laughs> at some of the other soldiers, combined with your uh, Parabindu training for just excellent movement, you're able to just kind of sidestep the view and you are moving. You have a clear shot at the captain of this guard, if you would like. Awesome. Do, does the captain see me currently? I'm going to say no based on current events. Um, I would like to, with just a the very smallest flick of a hand, there is suddenly mm-hmm. a uh, long, uh, not very long, but long for what it actually is. It looks like a brooch comes off of my lapel and flings through the mm-hmm. air. So it looks like a small knife that basically comes out of nowhere, flies forward. Uh. So with my battle and my, I'm going to call this, 
uh, my duty because I want to make sure that everybody here is going to be able to survive our negotiations to get back to House Atreides. Um, I do have a focus in sneak attack, so hopefully that'll say that counts. Uh, you got to beat two. Got to beat two. Okay. Um, would everybody be okay if I bought a momentum? Go ahead. Okay, that puts us at three, and I'll have three dice then. Yep. All right. So my uh, so my uh, my dice pool that I'm using one is my battle is a six, and my duty is at eight. So that's a fourteen. I have to roll. Oh yeah, three, five, eight. Nice. Holy shit. So roll. So now it has to be below my the what the focus is for. So it has to be below my battle of six. Okay. Yeah, so you got five successes yeah. total. <laughs> that's that's uh, three net. So your momentum pool is back up to six. Yes. Um, you you throw this little transformer knife. <laughs> he was not paying attention. He was distracted. You perfectly throw this like stiletto blade in that little crease between his helmet and his chest, his body armor, down for the count. Uh, he drops. He rolls to the ground, bleeding out. So should we, should we keep messing these guys up, everybody, or what? I think they have uh, to go next, right? Didn't you say that? Yes. Yeah. So it will go to the Harkonnen's turn now. Harkonnen's are, uh, you know, battle-hardened, but they're also tactical. So they are going to pull back from their initial rush and get and, and kind of form up at the, the top of that rock path. Two of them are going to uh, kind of towards the back, draw out some rifles and take a couple of shots at some targets. Luckily the smugglers are just kind of closer targets. So we're going to see, it's a good thing I'm a criminal, not a smuggler. <laughs> well, at the heat of the moment, uh, the smugglers know this rock outcropping very well. They've been mounted here. Their camp has been here a while. They're able to duck behind some smaller outcroppings. The panic and the quick turning of battle on the Harkonnens, their shots go wide. So they miss everybody. And it is back to your turn if someone would like to take another action. So just to... Clarification, just again, learning the rules. So as the GM, let's let's say they were going to shoot at us. Could we say we're going to hide behind these same rocks and that would increase the difficulty of their attack on us? Or because that's an opposed role because we roll, like, again, how would that work if we wanted to narratively say, like, we have cover, so for example? What I'm hearing is Michael would like one of the enemies to shoot at him. <laughs> that's what I heard, too. Yeah, That is 100%. Point of fact, that is not what I want. You've done a great job of introducing <laughs> assets within the uh, constructs of your uh, environment, though. When you've created those assets. Yeah, so you would basically, an asset in this case would be like a rock to hide behind. So you could roll to create that asset that would both create it so that other people can use it and kind of generate the the target that they would have to beat to shoot you. Okay. And then since you have that asset, it would be harder. Okay. So I would like to go for our turn. Yeah, go for it. I would like to create a rock that I can then hide behind. Uh, and then I would like to shoot them with my pistol because I already have that listed as an asset. I have a, a Maula, my, my Owl. Ma Maula pistol. Maula pistol. 
It's a gun. I have a gun. You, yeah, pew, pew, pew. Pew. Pew, pew. Okay, so you could simply spend a momentum to create that asset. Okay. If you want, you do have six, I would which is the most you can have. Let's, let's use one of those. Is it one? All right. Two. Uh, two. two. It's cool. Use them. Yep. Rock. Yeah. I have created rock. So I, I interpret this very much like as, um, like aspects and fate where you can create them mm -hmm. and then use them through the rest of the scene. Currency is a little bit different, but yeah. Okay. So you've got that there that anybody else can use to hide behind if they need to. And if you want to take a shot yes. at them, go ahead. I will do that. So is that a battle with, I think, I'm going to say truth, because I have a statement that everything catches up with you in the end. Ooh. And these Harkonnen Ooh, like have done this to themselves. I like that a lot. So I get two die, the, correct? You always roll two. This is what they get for sabotaging your thopter. That's right. That's it. That's it. I got one success, and it is under my statement or my under, under my drive that I'm using the statement with. So I guess two successes. That's two successes. All right. So that is a successful strike, and uh, that one's down. So I, how does damage, because we're not rolling for damage. Is it just like one hit usually kills things unless it's like a named bad guy sort of thing? Basically, yeah. Uh, if you've got a minion or a minor NPC, minor supporting character, if you if you tag them successfully, they're out of the fight. Okay, and they may not be dead; they're just out right, of right, that right. conflict. Okay, right. Um, if it is a named character, or if you were fighting, you know, Kaylee for whatever reason, then there would but be never. basically a, a track of successes that you me. would have to. She would definitely kill you. It'd be a, a think of it almost like an extended skill check. Okay. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh, she's. <laughs> Now we're just crossing <laughs> franchises. I don't know what's hey, going look, on. Does this anymore. look familiar? <laughs> yes, it does look familiar. That's a Hellfire Saber from Deluxe Sabers. Indeed. This would be illogical. <laughs> <laughs> no, too many. <laughs> what's going Wait, on? We're crossing the streams. <laughs> Talia, are you out of your Vulcan mind? Don't cross the streams. Important safety tip. Too late. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> too late for all this okay so yeah you um you knock that one out would we like to spend some more momentum to keep the initiative or should we throw it back to the heart so again i apologize but so do we have like a number of harkonnen that we have to take out or is this is there like a momentum of the scene that will decide that we've won the battle like how what is the win condition here uh in this particular case it's when the soldiers are dead okay and how many soldiers are left not dead. I should have been keeping track of that while I was trying to look at players the rules. times player number, players times four. Uh, not that many. There were eight that we started with. So, yeah, and you took out this point. Yeah, because you threw some rocks at them. So there's three left standing. Then I would say, yeah, let's keep the momentum and try to take another one out so that they have less attacks at okay. us. So, so my count, we have four momentum. So we'll be down to two. Yeah. Down to yep. two momentum. And then I would tag, I think, uh, Sahara, Shara is only right. I was going to ask, do I have to go? Because I am not a fighter. I mean, I can do it, but. Can you do something to, like, uh, like benefit us? Can you rah-rah us or. No. Yeah, like, affect you... the scene, create an asset, something like that. Yeah, create an asset. More Create more rocks or something. I don't know. Well, I, I will say that because you did kind of set up that rock fall earlier, you could make use of that since they have pulled back a little bit from that well, front line of combat. 
to potentially take the rest of them out. All right. Well, we'll we'll give that a shot then. Okay. So we're still going to make a check here. What do you think would apply? Well, I mean, it's I set it up. I set it up using mm-hmm. understand. So I would assume that I'd probably trigger it using understand as well. Yeah, I, I would I would count understanding for this because you are tactically approaching the use of the environment along with what you've already set up. So what drive would apply? Or would you like well, to use, I should say? <laughs> I kind of feel like I kind of feel like I'd be a little bit shaken at this point in time. So um I think maybe my duty is the only thing that's really pushing me forward currently. Yeah, I agree with that. So that gives you a total of 12. So that's your target to roll under. How much momentum do we have? Two. I would like to spend one. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully this will work out. It will. It It will. will. Michael used up all of our bad karma already. So true. Yeah, I got it out of the way early. One. We appreciate that. (laughs) I've got a I've got a, a two, which is a success. And times two. Yep. Uh, and then I've got a 12. Is it below an or meeting or is it got to be? A it's the target number works? or under. So, yeah. All right. So yeah, three, three successes. Yes. Perfect. So we, you needed two to succeed. So you spent momentum and earned one back yeah. <laughs> with, with a net one. So my counts three in the momentum pool. Two. Because two, no. two. Okay. we had two. He got used one, one and, and got one back. earned yep. two back. Okay. I like to think that I'm close to uh, to uh, to Corbin, and I kind of just kind of after I trigger it, just kind of collapse against him. Like, oh, thank God! <laughs> yeah, definitely. So you trigger this kind of rock fall and sand fall. It knocks the rest of them to their feet, kind of pushes them back down the outcropping. The, this this outcropping a little bit with the quick and brutal response to them, plus eliminating their captain so quickly they're completely shaken and even though the harkonnens are brutal fighters they still have a survival instinct so (laughs) they're gonna run uh we're gonna give chase because we now have a thopter we can take home yes yes you do and plus we didn't tell them they could leave so that's a good point that's right (laughs) so as you move to make chase the smugglers who you have just made wonderful friends with, pull out their long oh, rifles. There you go. And from there's perfect... children present. <laughs> Not those kind of long rifles. Those are their short and oh. wide rifles. Oh, yeah. They pull out their long rifles and from I'm sorry. They're for fighting, not for fun. I'm sorry. Um Caleb, we're gonna be talking about this later in therapy, just so <laughs> yes. you know. It's true. I'm sorry. So from their vantage point at the top of this outcropping, they're able to snipe the rest of these soldiers quickly. So uh, within a matter of moments, while these Harkonnens did attack you, they are quickly eliminated and the Thopter is in perfect working condition. And we're, we're going to bring this to a conclusion here with a wonderful cliffhanger. The Thopter is in perfect working condition, which is wonderful to hear because what's that on the horizon? That's no doom. <laughs> That's no doom sign. That's a sandworm. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and for the first time since we landed, a single bead of sweat drips down <laughs> on his forehead. <laughs> so 
the uh, there is a sandworm bearing down on you and this outcropping drawn by everything that has occurred in the last half hour. Still the Harkonnen's uh, fault. And, yep. <laughs> uh, oh, it's definitely the yeah. Harkonnen's fault. They they made you crash. Yeah. Saboteurs. Uh, and there is a, a massive worm coming out of the sand like a shark to uh, eat y'all up. Baby. And even though we're on a hundred foot tall um, rock outcropping, the worm could eat it too, right? Like we can't yes. just stay here yeah. and be okay. No. Okay. That's what I thought. Uh, this depends. So out, none of your characters would know this, but this is a small worm and it could still devour all of this. Okay. Great. And that's not even breaking a sweat. Uh, if you remember from the new, the newer movie, it's just like a big gaping maw yeah. of buzzsaw trying to come at you even even the old movie like with the yeah yeah the pac-man yeah it would it would go yes pac-man and then we also i was gonna say the langoliers but that wasn't a good adaption either (laughs) oh no that's terrible yeah kind of audrey Two coming at you yeah so yeah the uh the pre-written adventure does continue through a few more scenes however we did want to try to keep it to a reasonable time here because we're all grown-ups and are tired. Yeah. So I'm going to say we're going to end this on that cliffhanger. And there we are. Uh, stumbled through a lot of the rules, but I think we had a lot of fun. Yeah, there. for sure. Yeah. A lot of fun. Yeah. That was yeah. fantastic. I think we learned, kind of learned the rules too. That's what we were trying to accomplish. Yeah. So do we want to take a few minutes here and maybe kind of debrief and discuss the rules and the setting a little bit? Or Yeah, we got to a few more minutes. Uh, we do have a couple yeah. people that are watching, so thank you. I think oh, it's probably Rook and Rask. Uh, but if anybody has questions for us as the players or Caleb as the narrator or rules explanations, we'll be happy to address those if we can. Um, Don't ask us about the rules, please. I've made terrible mistakes tonight. Yeah. Um, so I will say I have played the Star Trek version of 2D20 before, mm-hmm. and I've been currently been reading the Conan book because I want to do a sample adventure of it. So I had read a little bit. I know there's definitely some similarities, but there's also some differences in that that version. But I feel like it's pretty uh, simple. Again, th- there's always room for errors because we're learning things, but basically you you combine two things that gives you a number. You roll under that number. If you roll under a focus or statement, that's a smaller number than you get the bonus. Um, yeah. And I think the momentum, the only thing I don't think it really came into play was the doom pool or whatever the threat pool. The threat pool yeah. Like, could you have been using that against us? Did you, maybe yes. we just didn't articulate it. So you're hundred percent right in that kind of summary. The threat pool is my version of momentum as a narrator or game master. I can use it to add d20s to my rolls for the NPCs against you. I can use it to add assets, add traits, buy off assets and traits that you might create or negate them. If you inflicted some sort of negative quality on me, I could use it to buy that off, that type of thing. As players, you also have the option to just add to the threat pool as if you were using momentum when you don't have momentum. Okay. So if you really wanted to buy three dice, because the the cost of buying D20s escalates one for one, two for two, uh, three for three. Okay. You you could just add all of that threat, even though you right. have no momentum. You could essentially add six threat to me, give me th- six resources. You could buy three dice right off the rip and roll all five. Okay. Oh. But then I could use that all against you. I am very shaky on these rules. And 
uh, was just saying, I'm not going to use any of this threat because that's going to make it more complicated. And I just want to kind of get through this fun little shindig. That's fun. And then I guess my, my only real question I had was we did not fight like a named nemesis style character. How would that have worked differently? Do they have hit points and like every success takes away their hit pool? Hit pool? Like how would that have worked if we fought each other or a named NPC? So if you fought a named villain, like a boss or something, they would not have hit points. But as you and if this party of four was going up against them, your uh, your number of successes would total up to a certain number based on the enemy's skills. Okay. Okay. So you're, it's essentially hit points, but it's not really hit points because there's no hit points in this game. Um, you would take uh, their, I believe it's highest skill, and add a number to it based on the party. And that's how many successes you would have to get to take them out. Yeah, so as we succeed on skill rolls, that number goes down and down and down like hit points, but it's yes. not really hit points by terminology. It's not really hit but... points. Right. right, right, right. Mechanically, it's pretty much the same. Like if you had to get, whatever, 10 successes to take out this and this named NPC. And on your role, Kevin, you got three successes and his target was two for that turn. You would have succeeded with net mm -hmm. one. So that net one would have gone to count down that 10 to right. nine. Okay. Okay. And so on. Um, again, I may be totally wrong. <laughs> no, I think you're right. And I, I think you're 100% so right there. I yeah. I think that's complete. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other big thing, yeah, compared to the other Modifia systems, unique to Dune is because Dune is a universe-wide setting, there are con there is conflict on multiple levels. So you could do one-on-one -on -one combat, but you could also send your troops against their troops and have basically troop-on-troop -troop combat. Troop you could – uh, this could be a more political combat where you are fighting with political assets. Um, it could be a social combat. It could be more of a like a planet-wide fight with stocks and the bank. Like, uh, like a blockade. You, like a blockade. A planetary blockade. Which never works because it's like in one level, you just go over yeah. them and then you leave yeah, on the other side of the planet. Yeah. Yeah. And then a child, you know, hits a wrong button and all your ships explode. Um, so, so Dune. Well, that's Padre, really, Caleb. That's Padre. <laughs> I think we just need a Firefly reference, so we've hit all the, the geekdom for sci-fi <laughs> stuff. Tonight. Well, we we have a Kaylee. Oh, there we, we go. Do there have a Kaylee. It's spelled the same. And we are. So there we go. It is exactly. With, with all of our flubs on these rules here, we are clearly <laughs> aiming. That's right. That is right. So Dune really emphasizes conflict on multiple levels. So if we were playing a campaign, you could create your own house at any point in the timeline that you want to play in. The, the core book really focuses on like present day Dune, which is roughly while Paul is emperor. Okay. And, you know, spoilers. All the yeah, spoiler alert. What? Whoops. Shit. So, uh, At least you didn't so, tell us he was so, God. Yeah. So that's not till his kids. So I assume this would work, uh, and this may be more for Al than for Caleb, but uh, either of you. So let's say we're fighting like a, the, the main climatic battle of, of a campaign, and we're fighting like a ma named character. 
and I stabbed them with a vibro blade, and then Shara or Anna like tries to like socially a- attack them. That would affect the same pool of hits. So you could have combat working that's like both physically hitting them and also trying to get them to surrender, and it would take from the same pool. Once it gets to zero, the battle would be over no matter how it got to that point. Yeah. I really like that. I think that's a cool way to to do that type of battle That uh, so you don't have, like, separate mental hit points versus physical hit points. You just have yeah. a pool of... It's about completing that. the scene, yeah. basically. Well, I was going to say, you I gonna say playing out like the, uh, uh, like the climax in the um, Lynch movie where you've got the stuff happening on the outside at the same time yes. that there's stuff happening on the inside. I mean, I, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. envy the DM yes. that's trying to get you through that scene, but I think it would be fantastic <laughs> to to play it. Yeah. Would be right. Absolutely. Um, but you can also kind of play on the feudal system of the, of the franchise that, uh, you know, you may have two political opponents fighting back and forth with a war of assassins or financial restrictions on each other. But when they come face to face, maybe they're just going to say, well, let's just have a duel. So it boils down to the physical conflict at the end of it. But there are multiple options, kind of multiple levels of hosting the campaign, so to speak. I also really like this system. I'm I'm very much attracted to a roll under system nowadays. So that's kind of fun. I think it also really delivers that dune experience where the environment and the setting is so difficult and oppressive you're really struggling against it uh you don't have the chance to be a big damn hero there's another one like you do in D or Shadowrun or identico you know you're 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 barely surviving actually i have to i have to correct our entire group here including myself very early on in the episode, I believe we did utter the, fla- the phrase, who's flying this thing? That is Wash. That, that was, yep. So yes, we did. That was it right there. We had that base covered. We're good. Uh, yep. Good. Nice save. Nice save. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it, you know, it scratched so. my itch. Thank you, Caleb, for doing this. I really appreciate yeah, thank you. Play awesome. this yeah. You're welcome. Thank you all for playing and joining. Thank you for any listeners now or in the future. <laughs> And uh, Michael, if you want to wrap us up and close it out. Yeah. Uh, so we will go around the horn. Everybody has a chance again to do their own plugs. But for anyone who is now watching or listening in the future, we call these the sample adventures. The idea here is we are exploring a bunch of different systems through the sample adventure that is included in the core book or the quick start rules um, most of the time. There are a few very small exceptions we've done. We have several of these that are already out that might be on the YouTube channel. The YouTube slash the RPG Academy or a podcast only. Uh, we want to do many, many more of these. We have a whole like 70 different games that we are planning to tackle in order at some point in time. I believe the next one that we have coming up is either a Star Wars or Engine Heart, I think are the two that are probably closest to going, but we have many more coming in the future. Um, these are irregular. We don't have a regular stream schedule for these, unfortunately. So if you would like to be part of these in the future, please make sure you follow us on, the, on our Twitch channel so you'll be notified when we go live also follow me on twitter because i always post about it there um and again my name is michael i'm the host of the rpg academy you can find most of what i do there uh, i also have a game that i wrote that i'm pro- 
currently in the process of getting published called Action 12 it's Cinema. It's awesome. It's a D12 based. Uh, it's a great game. B movie simulator sort of thing, improv with friends and D12s. Uh, so thank you for watching and listening. And we'll go around everybody again. You can do your own plugs for whatever you feel like plugging. Al, I'll go to you next. Plug All right. Uh, Alan, Big Al Nicholas, uh, I have nothing to plug. I'm on Twitter at Big Al the Long. <laughs> That's about it. Fair enough. All right. Kev. Yeah, hi, I'm Kevin, and uh, this was uh, great to be back playing with you guys, so thanks for having me. I can be found online at the socials at Kev Rand Games. I am one of the four producers and game runners of Wanderers Haven Productions, which you can find on Twitch at Wanderers Haven. We're also on Twitter and stuff. And my uh, my really favorite thing that I'm doing right now is I was recently named the U.S. Ambassador for La Nata Turna, which is a role-playing game out of Italy that's coming over here. It's a Ooh. grimdark setting in a world where the sun no longer rises so we do that on fridays Ooh. at twitch.tv slash la not eterna it's awesome come check it out but thank you Fred. holy moly that sounds awesome it. always welcome my friend uh kaylee uh well you can find me most often every other week with my co-player caleb over at the identico twitch channel playing uh chaos incorporated uh a very very fun uh cyberpunky type adventure with a lot of politics and a very large digital yarn wall that i am trying we're trying desperately to unravel uh it i mean it's a lot of fun so every tuesday night or every other tuesday night at 9 p.m so not this week the following week which would be the 25th you can catch Caleb and I on Identico. So that's the best place to find me. Excellent. And then Caleb. Yeah, I'm on the socials at the Caleb G. You can hear me uh, over on Identico, like Kaylee just said. I will also be popping up on Identico After Dark, uh, which is the Identico talk show this Wednesday, if you're listening to this in real time or soon enough uh, to join it. So that's, what, the 19th? Yep. Where I think we're yeah. going to have a Mandalorian season three debrief <laughs> with that finale coming up on that same day. Uh, you can also see some of my uh, fundraising efforts, which are slowly starting to churn back to life over at 0.5past.org on the socials P, the number five past. And uh, my plan is to get some big uh, pushes coming out with that starting in May because it is a Star Wars themed thing. And, you know, May the 4th is a thing. Excellent. Uh, and all the links to all the various things we plugged will be in the show notes, including Al's social uh, to make it easy for people. Uh, my only regret. That's what we really want to take yes. away is Al's yeah. Yeah, Twitter. Exactly. The rest of us are just window dressing. That's it. My only yeah. regret though, is this, I know nothing about Dune, but <gasps> I've been sitting on the Fremenies joke like these are my fremenies but we didn't use them so unfortunately said we would have gotten to fremen if if we had played through the entire quick okay, so fremenies in the future yeah fremen would have showed up but you know we took some time do other shenanigans and it's late yeah it is but uh but thank you again everyone for playing thank you Caleb, for running i really do thank appreciate you. it thank you everyone for listening again now or in the future and remember as we always say here at the academy when i don't forget if you're having fun you're doing, doing it, right. it right. Doing it right. Thanks, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Thanks so much.